Good afternoon, everyone. Have you been enjoying your week of convocation? Yes. <laughs> through your united efforts in meditation and through the blessings of God and our beloved line of gurus, each of you has discovered additional spiritual treasure within your soul. And you get to take that with you when you go back to your homes now. And today we'll be discussing a spiritual practice that will help us to hold on to that deeper level of peace and inner happiness as we go about our daily lives. As was announced, our subject today is forgiveness. Experiencing the compassion of God. Sometimes in life, it is hard to forgive another person, isn't it? A woman once said that when her husband went a trip for two to Hawaii, he went twice. Now, that may not have happened to you <laughs> yet. But have you ever held a grudge against someone for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, a couple of years, a couple of incarnations? We've all been through such experiences before. And what do they eventually teach us? Eventually, they teach us that holding a grudge, that harboring ill will or resentment towards someone, greatly disturbs our inner peace and thus lessens our ability to feel God's presence within. By forgiving someone, we take a very positive step toward deeper inner calmness and humility. And thus we are able to hold on to, in a better way, that peace and love of God. Our beloved Guru once said, deep meditation and perfect control of feeling by holding on to the calm after-effects of meditation. These lead to samadhi, the ecstasy of self-realization and oneness with God. And so forgiveness helps us to hold on to the calm after-effects of meditation. Forgiveness is a very powerful practice that leads us deeper into communion with God. In Master's book, Metaphysical Meditations, he gives us an affirmation that can help us to be more forgiving of others and to share more of God's unconditional love with them. The affirmation reads, Today I forgive all those who have ever offended me. I give my love to all thirsty hearts, both to those who love me and to those who do not love me. Let's practice this affirmation together. Please sit upright in the meditation posture. Close your eyes. Lift your gaze to the Christ Center. And please repeat after me. Today I forgive, Today I forgive. all those who have ever offended me. I give my love, give my love. To, all to all thirsty hearts, both to those who love me and to those who do not love me. Today I forgive, Today I forgive. all those who have ever offended me. I give my love, give my love. To, all to all thirsty hearts, 
both to those who love me and to those who do not love me. Today I forgive all those who have ever offended me. I give my love to all thirsty hearts, both to those who love me and to those who do not love me. Today I forgive all those who have ever offended me. I give my love to all thirsty hearts, both to those who love me and to those who do not love me. Now at home, we can practice this affirmation or affirmations like it. And it really does help to weed the garden of our life, our heart, to weed the garden of our heart. Pull out any resentment, any feelings of ill will toward anyone if we powerfully go into that thought in meditation. Master once said, those who live in tune with the attractive force of love achieve harmony with nature and their fellow beings and are attracted to blissful reunion with God. Now, one of the expressions of divine love is focusing more on improving how we treat other people and concentrating less on how they treat us. If there was an inharmonious incident in our life, and we, we can think about it, we can just introspect about that incident and ask ourselves, did I create that in harmony? Is there something I can do to improve my behavior, my understanding? This helps us to become more mature individuals. Sometimes it's almost wholly the other person's issue. But even then, even then, is there something that we can learn to retain our calmness when someone is losing their calmness? Master once said, don't think so much about reforming others. Reform yourself first. There was once a man named Jimmy who liked to be very punctual for events. And he described his wife, Rosalind, as adequately punctual, except according to his standards. He had been in the military. And he said that if his wife caused even a five-minute delay beyond their scheduled departure time for an event, they would have a bitter argument about it. Now, one day he woke up and he realized that it was his wife's birthday and he had forgotten. So he didn't have a gift for her. Now, he loved his wife dearly and he thought deeply, what could I do that would be special for her? And he thought of something, and he wrote her a card. And on the card, it said, Happy birthday. As proof of my love, I will never again make an unpleasant comment about tardiness. <laughs> he signed the card, put it in an envelope, delivered it with a kiss. Over four years later, he was talking about this birthday gift. And he said, I still keep my promise. It has turned out to be one of the nicest birthday presents for Rosalind and for me. Now, notice that his wife did not have to change in order for there to be more harmony in their relationship. He humbly, lovingly changed himself, changed his attitude. And often, that is enough to improve the harmony in a relationship. This is a deep spiritual principle, a deep spiritual principle. In every situation of life, under all conditions, it is always, always the husband who has to change.
I am so glad you know when I'm joking. <laughs> Otherwise, I could have dozens of husbands calling me <laughs> and saying every single day, my wife quotes to me something that you said. Apparently, it's a deep spiritual principle. <laughs> And I've never seen her so excited about a spiritual principle before. <laughs> so, just to be clear, Our beloved Guru, Paramahansa Yoganandaji, gave the following guidance for both men and women. He said, Don't think so much about reforming others. Reform yourself first. The greatest field of victory is your own home. If you can be an angel at home, you can be an angel everywhere. Everywhere. The sweetness of your voice, the peace of your behavior is needed in your own household more than anywhere else. Now, even though we strive to forgive others and to put the primary focus on changing ourselves, we can still forgive someone and need to deal with. A situation, try to improve a situation or deal with some, you know, in some practical way, whatever is facing us in life. Guruji once said, to forgive does not mean to cooperate with or condone evil, but rather to harbor no feelings of hatred or vengefulness, nor engage in acts so motivated. Often, when we inwardly forgive someone, that's it. We just let it go. We can move on with our life, nothing to discuss. But sometimes, we can forgive someone and still need to have a discussion, to try to come to a, a deeper understanding with them, to try to, you know, improve a relationship, improve some situation. Or we may need to act to, you know, take care of some challenge in front of us. Parents may need to set down you know, some consequences for misbehavior of children. Judges may need to pass sentence on someone. You know, all kinds of situations in life that we have to learn how to calmly, effectively deal with. And by forgiving first, before we try to resolve the situation, that allows us to come from a center of peace and calmness and love. Instead of a center of resentment or ill will or anger, our late beloved president, Sri Dayamata, once said When you have to speak to somebody about something unpleasant, do it with love. This we saw so perfectly embodied in Guruji. Do it with love. Act from love. And that often just helps us to see a clear way, the best way to work through whatever we're facing, whatever challenges we have to deal with in our daily lives. Now, concerning the need to separate in our hearts and minds the wrong action from the doer of that action. Master once said, Why do people behave in an evil way that is bound to cause pain and sorrow? Such actions arise from the greatest of all sins, ignorance. Wrongdoer is the right word rather than sinner. You may condemn wrongdoing, but should not condemn the doer. 
Sins are errors committed under the influence of ignorance or delusion. But for a different degree of understanding, you might be in the same boat. Jesus said, He that is without sin among you, let him cast a stone. Now, when we discuss experiencing the compassion of God, we can look at it in two different ways. Master once said, God's love is so all-embracing that no matter what wrongs we have done, he forgives us. But then he goes on to say, if we love him with all our hearts, he wipes out our karma. So, on the one hand, we have Divine Mother, who is so forgiving. And on the other hand, we have the law of karma, which is not so forgiving. <laughs> It's very exacting. And it helps to explain why we can't feel that eternal love of Divine Mother as strongly as we want to. Now, thankfully, we've been given this wonderful path of Kriya Yoga in which we can meditate, we can practice the presence of God, and we can practice the other things that you've been learning about this week, the essentials of the spiritual path. And through that, we can help to burn out this karma that we have, this bad karma, that, so that when it's all gone, there are no obstacles to us completely experiencing and living in that love of Divine Mother, all the time. Now, regarding this first aspect of forgiveness, Divine Mother's unconditional, eternal love for all her children, her attitude toward mistakes we are making is this. Master said, God is love. Every soul, even when the outward consciousness is deluded or in a wicked state, is a holy receptacle filled with this divine love. Every soul is a holy receptacle filled with this divine love. Just for a moment, close your eyes and think of that. Think that within you is this holy receptacle that Divine Mother is pouring her love into. It's not just a trickle of love. It is a flood of love that Divine Mother is pouring into your soul. And nothing you have ever done or could ever do wrong would ever cause Divine Mother to lessen the flow of that powerful flow of love into your soul. She has this eternal, unchanging love for you. Once Divine Mother said to Master, Always have I loved thee. Ever shall I love thee. And she is saying that to you too. Always have I loved thee. Ever shall I love thee. Feel that unconditional love that she has for you. In Guruji's book, The Second Coming of Christ, in Discourse 71, he gives a visualization that can help us to tune in with divine love, God's unconditional love for all of us, all his children. Let's practice this visualization together today. Again, please close your eyes and follow along. Master said, close your eyes, put your attention on the heart, and feel the greatest love you have ever felt for another person. Let that love saturate every cell of your body. Now expand the feeling of love, like an encircling sphere, embracing your family, friends, 
all your loved ones. Feel your love ever increasing, include in that sphere all the people in your city, then all of your country. Now everything in the world is bathed in that love. The whole Earth, the solar system, the far-flung galaxies and island universes, everything is floating in this vast sphere of love. The whole Earth, the solar system, the far-flung galaxies and island universes, everything is floating in this vast sphere of love. This is a state that Divine Mother wants us all to continually experience. And again, her attitude toward mistakes is, I have sent my children into the realm of duality, where they currently live in ignorance of their true soul natures and of their eternal relationship with me. Therefore, I forgive them for they know not what they do. Now, the second way we can look at forgiveness involves the law of karma and what is called the forgiveness of sins. And this subject, again, helps to explain why we can't fully feel Divine Mother's love within yet. God has placed us in this outer world. He has given us free will. And through experiencing the consequences of our decisions, of our thoughts, of our actions, we gradually, gradually, over many, 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 many incarnations, learn to live according to His eternal laws of right activity. Concerning how part of the law of karma works, Master explained, a thought or physical act once performed does not cease to be, but remains in the consciousness in a more subtle or melted form as an impression of that gross expression of thought or action. These impressions are called samskars. They create strong inner urges tendencies or propensities that influence the intelligence to repeat those thoughts and actions. And so we have a lot of good samskars within our consciousness that help us, that motivate us to meditate, to try to practice the presence of God, to be kind to others. But we also have a lot of bad samskars, that came from past physical, mental, moral, or spiritual errors. Now, in meditation, when we try to go within, these inner samskars, these bad inner samskars, can influence our consciousness to be restless. And they can try to pull our consciousness back to the outer world as we're trying to dive deep into the awareness of God, they pull us back toward thoughts of the outer world, the senses, outer desires. Now, I'm sure you've all experienced the following situation at least a couple of times, at least a couple of times. So you tell me if this is true. Have you ever had a meditation in which you found it difficult to quickly go into samadhi? <laughs> One of the key reasons for this is that 
it is not only our present thoughts and activities, which we have, you know, somewhat of control over that we're doing, and we can be behaving ourselves. It's not only those things that influence the amount of restlessness in our consciousness in meditation, but there are these samskars, these bad samskars, that can induce restlessness in us and try to draw our minds. You know, back to the outer world. Even though we're practicing the meditation techniques, we're trying to sit in the stillness, we're expressing our love and our longing to feel Divine Mother's love within us. These samskars can try to pull us back to the outer world. Master said, "The only way you can permanently stop the undesirable effects of past wrong actions is by removing the cause of those effects." Harmful past life seed tendencies must be cauterized from the brain. When you meditate deeply, God's light of divine wisdom cauterizes the seeds of undesirable karma stored deep, stored in the deep recesses of consciousness in the brain. When you meditate deeply, God's light of divine wisdom. Cauterizes the seeds of undesirable karma stored in the deep recesses of consciousness in the brain. And so, one of the many benefits of meditating regularly is that that helps to burn out these seeds, so they cannot germinate and cause us problems in our conscious, restlessness in our consciousness, or encourage bad habits. They're roasted; they will never bother us again. Now, when we are praying to God in meditation or at any time, you know, we can ask Divine Mother to roast some of those seeds, to forgive those past sins, so that we can be with her. And if we ask that with deep faith, that Divine Mother can forgive us those sins. That her generous heart wants to ask that with deep faith and devotion to her, and inwardly commit that we will repent, we will try to do better in the future, and not commit those things, just to make that positive effort. You know, if we do that, we can touch her heart, and she can forgive some of those sins. She can roast some of that bad karma. And we don't have to go through those experiences again and again and again. Then, Master once said, "If you appeal to God as the Divine Mother, she quickly gives in, for you have appealed to her tenderness and unconditional love. When you worship God as the Mother, you can stand and face her and say." And then he gives a prayer, and. Let's all pray this prayer together. Just inwardly, if you could just close your eyes, and as I read the prayer slowly, you can pray this prayer to Divine Mother, that Master prayed. Master prayed, Divine Mother, not your good. I am thy child. I may have been in the clutches of evil. For many incarnations, but do I have to make full recompense according to Thy law? I cannot wait so long a time to enter Your presence, Mother. Please forgive me. So we can pray. In this devoted way, filled with faith that Divine Mother is merciful, she wants to forgive us, and she's just waiting to see: Will we make that inner commitment to live more a more God-centered life, to make that little effort to be more with God, to express more of God's love and kindness in this world? And we can pray in the same way to Master. 
Master said, God and his great saints can forgive past karma, can forgive sins. And so we can appeal to his deep love for us, his deep generosity towards us, his deep understanding of the, the challenges that we have gone through in our own series of incarnations. He is so deeply compassionate toward what we are going through and the challenges that we face on the spiritual path. During the meditation, we can make a sincere effort to practice the meditation techniques, to sit in the stillness, to express our devotion to God. You know, we can talk to Divine Mother, say, forgive me of my past errors. Please forgive me. I no longer want this veil of delusion to be between me and thee. Reveal yourself, reveal yourself. You know, we can pray in this way. And when we do all these things, which we do in a meditation, it can be like we are attending a samskar barbecue. <laughs> now, if you're a vegetarian <laughs> and you attend a barbecue, the cook, if he doesn't know or she doesn't know that you're a vegetarian, may ask you, how would you like your steak cooked? And if they know you're a vegetarian, how would you like your veggie burger cooked? And the basic options that we have in front of us are rare, medium, well done. Now, in meditation, if Master ever asks you <laughs> how you would like your bad samskars cooked, <laughs> one of the best answers is Super crispy. <laughs> and that is the same thing as saying, Dear Lord, forgive me. In the fire of Kriya Yoga and my devotion, burn out these past seeds that, is, that are keeping me restless. Burn them away in all those lifetimes that I didn't know that you were the goal of life. And so I wandered in many dark alleys, was completely forgetful of you, making all kinds of mistakes. I didn't know. I didn't know that you were the goal. But now I do. Don't, don't hold that past against me. Forgive me. Forgive me. Some of that burden. Burn out those seeds so that I can, in the inner stillness, feel your presence in a little greater way. In this meditation, burn out some of those seeds. Reveal thyself to me. The law is, the deeper we go into meditation, the better the barbecue. <laughs> now, that's not a direct quote from the teachings. <laughs> the direct quote would be from Master, and he's talking about our relationship with God when he said, if we love him with all our hearts, he wipes out our karma. And so this is what can happen in deep meditation burning away those seeds of, that keep our consciousness drawn back to the material world. Now, during this week of convocation, it is very obvious to me that you have all attended some pretty wonderful barbecues. <laughs> you are not the same as when you came. You are not the same as when you came. And you feel that within your consciousness. And at a deep, deep level that we cannot feel yet, these seeds are being roasted through our devoted meditation. 
They're being roasted so that they cannot germinate in the future and cause us problems. Much is being forgiven within the grace of God and our beloved Guru. And what we do during convocation, you know, we can do at home. You can barbecue at home. <laughs> Roast those seeds. You know, meditate daily. Meditate daily. There's such a redemptive power in that regularity of meditation. We are burning out some seeds, and then again, burning out some more seeds, and burning out some more seeds. And you've all felt, you come to a place where you have a breakthrough, and you have a deeper connection with God that you can feel in your soul. And you get to take that with you. Those seeds that are burnt, they are burnt. They cannot germinate again, Master says. Those sins are forgiven. And eventually, this process, this purification process within our consciousness, it begins to really add up. And we draw closer and closer to that blissful reunion with God in meditation. This is what the spiritual path is all about. And then we will have more to share with others in the world. Now, meditation is not the only barbecue in town. <laughs> when we sincerely forgive another person in our hearts, when we sincerely do that, God sees that. And He burns out some of our past bad seed tendencies. Master explained, if the omniscient father finds that one of his sons forgives an offending brother, then because of that mitigating divine love, he will relax the determinant law of cause and effect and forgive some of the forgiver's spiritual offenses. So, to forgive, we can inwardly just say in our heart to that person who may be at a distance, I forgive you. I forgive you. And we can send them our love, send them our goodwill, these thoughts of love and goodwill to that person. And that does not release the person from the karma of the bad action that they did. They still have that. Master said only God and His great saints can actually burn out the karma that they've incurred through that wrong action. But what our forgiveness can do is that we're sending them love. And that love goes into the heart of that other person. And it gives them an opportunity. There's, that vibration is uplifting. And it gives them an opportunity to perhaps change their ways. And if we are forgiving, and they can see this forgiving example outwardly as well, that may motivate them to, to change and become kinder, more loving individuals, and thus go on a better karmic path for themselves. So we can forgive someone from our heart, but we can also pray to God and Guru, because they can actually burn out that karma, burn out those seeds from that person's consciousness, and free them. Christ said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. We can pray that, same prayer for other people, and just say, forgive them, Father, forgive them, Master, for they know not what they do. And God can, if it is the best for that person's evolution, can burn out those seeds. And if that is the deepest desire in our heart, that yes, we were in that situation, we were hurt, but we would like God to free that person of the consequences of their action, then we will feel in our hearts a much deeper, more powerful flow of divine love, of divine mother's love. There was a woman once who wrote to Dear Abby, 
And she wrote that her and her husband had been having a lot of arguments lately. And in part of her letter, she wrote, I cried myself to sleep for nights on end. One night, I couldn't sleep because I was so upset with him. All I could think about were all the things that bugged me about him. Now, Master has said, nursed grievances. Nursed grievances. Eat like acid into the fibers of your peace. And so this is what she was experiencing and what we have all experienced. She went on to write, I knew that if I didn't banish these negative thoughts from my mind, it would be a long time before I fell asleep. I decided to think instead of all the things that I loved about him. I wrote them down on a piece of paper, put it in an envelope, and placed it in his briefcase. The next morning, he called me from work to tell me how much he loved me. When he came home that evening, he put my list in a frame and hung it on the wall. We hardly ever fight anymore. And she went on to write how there was more regular affection between them. The letter was signed, Happy Again in San Diego. <laughs> Now, fortunately, her husband responded to her positive thoughts, positive love. But that's not always the case, is it? But even if, even if her husband did not respond right away or respond positively to her changing her negative thoughts, banishing them and thinking positive thoughts, even if he didn't respond positively, she would be operating a deep spiritual principle. By dwelling on positive thoughts and not dwelling on negative ones, not only does this help our emotional state, but it also strengthens those positive thoughts, strengthens these inner good tendencies, and it weakens our inner bad tendencies, these strong thoughts that we hold, these strong positive thoughts. Master explained, When an evil thought becomes interiorized by concentration, such as when one broods on a vengeful feeling, it stimulates the impressions of evil actions in the brain, invigorating their fruition while diminishing the effectiveness of good karmic patterns. He goes on to say, when a good thought becomes interiorized by deep meditation, The inwardly focused mind withdraws life force from the nervous system and centralizes it in the brain cells. The peaceful, powerful character of the concentrated life force stimulates harmonious traces of good actions and burns up at the roots the inharmonious traces of evil actions. When we really understand what harboring ill will, resentment towards someone does to our own consciousness, you know, our own meditations, we will be very motivated to weed the garden of our heart and pull out those feelings of resentment, ill will, anger, hatred. So that we'll be thinking these positive thoughts within our consciousness. We can be aware there is evil in the world, there are wrong actions and there are right actions. We can be aware of that. But what do we dwell on? What do we harbor within our hearts? And if we harbor positive thoughts, thoughts about God's love, positive thoughts about others, positive thoughts about ourselves, there will be this purification process at a very, very deep, profound and subtle level, purifying our consciousness so that gradually more and more of those seeds are burnt out, those past wrong actions, the seeds of wrong action are burned out, and we can go more deeply within, into the presence of God.
Now, besides thinking positive thoughts about others, Master says we should strengthen positive thoughts about ourselves and our relationship with God. Master once said, the more one establishes one's identity with the absolute and never deems himself a sinner, and never deems himself a sinner, the more he will feel God's mercy. So Master encourages us to strengthen such, such thoughts as, I am a child of God. I am with him. He is with me. There was once a disciple who felt he had failed a spiritual test, and he was really mentally criticizing himself over and over and over. And Master said to him, Don't think of yourself as a sinner. To do so is a desecration of the divine image within you. Why identify yourself with weaknesses? Instead, affirm the truth. I am a child of God. And then we can take some positive action to put our thoughts, our actions in tune with our thoughts. I am a child of God. Let me behave more like a child of God. Let me express those wonderful qualities of God that he has planted in my soul. And one of them is forgiveness. Forgiveness is an eternal quality of the soul because we are made in the image of God. And forgiveness is an eternal quality of Divine Mother. Just for a moment, if you could all please again close your eyes. Turn your mind within to God and feel the peace that is within you. Feel that divine peace which is within you. And within that temple of peace, feel the love that Divine Mother is pouring into your soul at this very moment and eternally. Feel that love. Let that peaceful awareness fill your consciousness. May a deepening spirit of forgiveness fill your heart and protect your inner temple of peace and God communion as you go back to your homes. How blessed we are to have that inner embrace of Divine Mother, that inner compassionate embrace of our own Guru. Guruji said, deep meditation and perfect control of feeling by holding on to the calm after-effects of meditation. These lead to samadhi, the ecstasy of self-realization and oneness with God. And so I'd just like to close our class today with a, another practice of this affirmation we tried earlier. And then the visualization on Divine Mother's unconditional love for all her children. So just with your attention at the Christ Center, close your eyes and let us repeat this affirmation. Master said, Today I forgive all those who have ever offended me I give my love, give my love. To, all to all thirsty hearts, both to those who love me and to those who do not love me. Today I forgive all those who have ever offended me. I give my love, give my love. to all thirsty hearts, both to those who love me and to those who do not love me. Today I forgive 
all those who have ever offended me. I give my love to all thirsty hearts, both to those who love me and to those who do not love me. Today I forgive all those who have ever offended me. I give my love to all thirsty hearts, both to those who love me and to those who do not love me. Now let us stop affirming and just feel that inner peace within again. Please follow along with this visualization. Close your eyes, put your attention on the heart, and feel the greatest love that you have ever felt for another person. Let that love saturate every cell of your body. Now expand the feeling of love like an encircling sphere, embracing your family, friends, all your loved ones. Feel your love ever increasing. Include in that sphere all the people in your city, then all of your country. Now everything in the world is bathed in that love. The whole Earth, the solar system, the far-flung galaxies and island universes, everything is floating in this vast sphere of love. Jai Guru.